shifting away from using tithing and just saying giving. And I'll tell you that later. Um, and um, in 2007, the Wall Street Journal put out an article, the article, The Backlash Against Tithing. And this uh, famous theologian, Earl Kelly, who talks about really anti-tithing. Um, so there's, you know, there's all this stuff out there of like, so people are getting all this in their head. You know, they're getting like, oh, you know. And another thing that's causing it a bad name is, is the preachers, as some of them, as we know them as evangelists on TV, they have a, they have a high lifestyle. <laughs> and sometimes we see that and people go, yeah, uh-huh. That's why you want us to collect our money. So, so anyway, those are kind of the reasons that I'm, I'm here today, that I, I, I'm giving... Today, my, well, let me get, erase that. I'm going to go back. <laughs> my message today would be covered in three parts. Giving in church as the whole body of believers. Number two, my personal testimony. And number three, where our church is. So those are the three parts that I'll be um, talking about. And before, I'd like to read uh, what Pastor Tim Greenwood said. No, I am not writing this to cause anyone to fear, feel guilty, or cause shame. Fear and guilt and shame are all tools of the devil, which I refuse to receive and I refuse to use. If you are not currently tithing or otherwise supporting the church and any Christian ministries because you didn't know you should, or if you do not have the control over your family's income, understand this. You are only responsible for what you know and have control of. And that's, I really felt, I want you to hear my heart. That's what I'm saying to you, is there is no shame, there's no condemnation. I am just here to give information and to review why we give to the church and ministries. So I hope you hear that that's the, the back, the, that's in my heart is what the same thing that Tim Greenwood said. And the truth is, giving is a heart issue. It's not a money issue. So the first part is uh, giving as a whole. Um, so I'm going to give you some statistics of giving as the whole church and not just ours. A CBN News article said, on average, Christians are given 2.5% of their income to churches, not 10, and no matter how good it does. Tithing is very controversial. Uh, a site called Share Faith Tithing 2016, here's some of their, what they said. Christians give less today than during the Depression. 247 million U.S. citizens claim to be Christians. Up to 99 million say they go to church, yet only 1.5 million tithe. The Barnard Group, this is what they say. The percentage of adults who tithe has stayed constant since the turn of the decade. T uh, falling into between 5 to 7% rate range. Among all born-again adults, 9% contribute one-tenth or more of their income. And um, I found this interesting. I, this was a, a study done in 2013, and I had never heard this one, and it's about people who tithe and people who don't tithe. And I just thought it was kind of interesting. 80% they have no credit card debt. They pay off their credit cards in 30 days. 74% of them have no car payment. 
and 48% uh, of them have uh, no mortgage payment. 28% of them are completely debt-free. I just thought that was kind of interesting um, um, to make a note. I'm one of the 28%. I get to say, praise the Lord, I'm debt-free. According to the magazine uh, Relevant, it's an, in their article, um, and this is a magazine that goes out to people between 18 and 39. So this is their people that they're hitting, and they have, I forget how many thousands of subscribers. So they're kind of to this new generation between 18 and 39. Tithers make up 10 to 25% of normal congregations. Only 5% of the U.S. tithers, with 80% of Americans only giving 2% of their income. Christians are only... Um, giving 2% per capita. And in the Great Depression, they were giving 3.3%. Okay, numbers like this can invoke a lot of guilt, which isn't really the point. The point is, um, what would happen if believers were released to give a minimum of, let's say, 10%? So this is, uh, when I read this, I go, wow. <laughs> so this is what would happen if these tithers gave at least 10%. There would be an additional $165 billion for churches to use and distribute. Just think of that. There would be $165 billion for churches to use and distribute. Here's, they just said, here's some things we could do. $25 billion could relieve global hunger and starvation and deaths from preventable diseases in five years. $12 billion could eliminate illiteracy for... Uh, in five years. $15 billion could solve the world's uh, water and sanitation problem. $1 billion could fully fund all overseas missions. And, um, and then there would still be 100 to 110 billion left over for us to say, now what, Lord? I mean, it's kind of like, wow. I just, I read that and I said, woo, that's exciting <laughs> to think. Now, um, most churches, it's not a mandatory, it's, it's voluntary, you know. Uh, we belong to church that, you know, it's like it's, you don't have to do membership and nobody's going to be knocking on your door and saying, okay. But there are some churches. Um, for instance, the Jew, in the, if you are, belong to a synagogue, you play a membership. But um, they've been doing this for the past 90 years, and before the membership fees, you used to have to pay for your uh, seatings. And they used to do that in some other churches. You would pay for their pews. And however much you gave is the closer you could sit up. So if you sat up front, you were a big giver. If you sat in back, oh, that told everything. You guys wouldn't be sitting back there. <laughs> so... So that's how, that's how the, in the synagogues, but the synagogues, they're starting to, some of the people are starting to, like, get away from that. They're saying, we don't think this is really right. We, you know, so some of the synagogues are, they're going back and forth. Should we become voluntary? Should we keep the membership? So that's their, what they're going through. Now, the Mormon church, <laughs> this is really interesting. The Mormon church, you have to give, and it's 10%. And if you're a member of the Mormon church, you meet with your bishop once a month. Once a month, you meet with your bishop. He goes over your financial report. 
And if you're not giving your 10%, they work with you what you give, but if you're not giving your 10%, you don't get to go into the Holy of Holies. You don't get to go into the temple. Yep, you don't get to do that. So, um, but let me tell you something about the man, uh, this Mormon church that it's mandatory, but let me tell you, uh, OPB did a, they did one, a special on them, Oregon Public Broadcasting did a special on them last, uh, last year. And the Mormon church has the best welfare program in the world. I'm not just talking the United States. In the world, they have the best welfare program. Not only their members. No, for everybody. I mean, they don't just help their members. When Katrina happened down there, they had their trucks ready and loaded to find out where it was going to hit. So when, when, as soon as it hit, <coughs> they had truckloads and they took it down there. Now, I'm, I'm just saying I don't agree with the mandatory because it's a heart issue, but I'm just saying there's things we can learn. There's things we can look at and say, wow, Lord, um, you know, I mean, it's just uh, the, the things they, they do. And another thing is people are required. If you, if you can work, they'll help you, but you need to come in and work. It's kind of like Habitat for Humanity who builds the houses. They help you and you build the house, but you've got to put in so many hours. And I think that's, to me, that's the great system. That's the way to go. But... Um, but, you know, even though they have the, the greatest, the world's greatest, it's a heart issue. That doesn't deal with the heart. You can make things mandatory and you can have the best. And according to the world, they do have the best. But it's still a heart issue. We've got to look at the hearts. So, um, um, and now as many as you know, I've been... Uh, I've been doing the, uh, teaching Dave Ramsey's financial piece for the past, since 2011 is when I got certified. And, um, and Dave Ramsey's vision, and I share this vision, is the reason he started teaching financial peace is to free people's, God's people up financially, help them get so that they can financially give as much as they can. He has a vision. Imagine if every church if they had 100% of their people giving tithes, or I'm going to say giving because I've changed. I don't think it needs to be 10%. I think it needs to be what the Lord has told you to give because maybe the Lord's told you to give 23%. Who's saying? You know, why stop at 10, right? So, um, so anyway, um, Dave Ramsey's vision is to see every church be so overflowing that we, we have so much uh, income that we say, hey, Let's take it to the community. Let's go do things in our community with what we have, our resources and our surplus. And so, um, so now part two is my personal testimony. Um, this verse, 2 Corinthians uh, 9, 6 through 8. But, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And then I, I left it there, but then I read, um, 
And God is able to make all grace abound to you that already is having all sufficiency in everything, that you may have an abundance for every good deed, that, we will, that I, Debbie Worthen, will have an abundance for every good deed. And I was, um, this one pastor I, that I listened to, he said, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And he, he likes to say, he doesn't like to use the word tithe. He says, that kind of limits because tithe means 10%. And he says, and I don't want to limit myself to 10%. I want to spare, reap big time, bountifully. He said, maybe, you know, he says, you know, maybe God's telling some people to do 20, whatever, that you can reap bountifully. And I thought that was neat. I mean, I like, I'm thinking more of using the word giving than tithing. So God, um, when I was working at the high school, God, one day I was, I was reading the word, and God says, Debbie, you've been comfortable at 10% for a long time. And I said, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and God says, well, I think you need to change that a little bit. So I did. I, you know, I changed it. It went up a little bit. And um, then I stopped working at the school, and I retired, and my income was not the same. And so it's kind of like first thing you're thinking of, okay, I've got to adjust my budget, and where, what am I going to do away with, and what am I going to change? And of course, I mean, I have to be honest, it was like, okay, so now my tithe should match what my new income is going to be. And I just felt the Lord strongly say, that's not where you adjust it. Are you going to trust me? Are you really going to trust me that I will supply? If I'm tell I told you to give more, am I going to, am I going to, be faithful to do that. So I wasn't allowed to adjust the tithe part. I had to adjust some other parts. And, um, and so, and it's just, that's what the Lord did with me. I'm just sharing this is my testimony, the scriptures that the Lord used to open my eyes to certain things. And then in Proverbs 3, 9, it says, Honor the Lord from your first wealth and from the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Um, I get two different checks a month. I get a pension and I get my Social Security. And I get one first and then the other one comes in a couple weeks. And I was giving my giving from the second check. And I read that and boy, the Lord just checked my heart. The Lord just said, it needs to be from you, the first, not from the second. So that I switched. Um, and, um, and that's what I've been doing. It comes from my first produce, not from my second. And then the next one is, do not lay up for yourselves in treasures. Do not lay up for yourself treasures upon earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves, thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. And this is where I want my heart to be. I want my heart to be there. Dave Ramsey says, God does not need our money. His desire is that we'll experience the kind of peace that comes from a contented heart. Having a contented heart, managing money God's way, and avoiding the temptation of materialism freezes to focus on things that really matter. And the things that really matter for me is is God's kingdom. That's the thing that really matters. 
And my mind, praise the Lord, is freed up that I can concentrate on God's kingdom. And uh, it, it didn't come overnight. It didn't come overnight. It's a learning process. God, God teaches us. And he will be the one to show us where he wants us. Um, now, the third part, I left my water somewhere. Is it behind you, Adrian? Oh, my mouth is getting, I'm getting dry. I'm getting dry. <laughs> Thank you. I need to be watered, yes. I haven't seen these friends forever, and they happen to be here today while I'm sharing this message. They walked in, Jerry and Nancy. I just think that's neat. <laughs> so um, now this third part is I'm going to show you some pictures of some things that our church is involved in. The first one is of Lincoln City. Okay, what our church, these are ministries that we, as the Lincoln City Foursquare Church, this is where some of your money is going, okay? And to let you know, um, 45 people call Lincoln City their home church. And 20, at this church, Lincoln City, oh, what did I? Oh, yeah, New Life. Well, this church, Lincoln City Foursquare, New Life, okay. 45 people call, call this church their home. 22 people are, I'm going to say, consistent givers. They give consistency. And just to let you know, I don't know who they are. Pastor Darrell doesn't know who they are. There's only a, really a couple of people that know who they are, you know. Um, the ones who take up the offering <laughs> and our bookkeeper. So, I mean, I, I'm saying 22 people, but I don't know who they are. And that's good. So, well, not according to if we were Mormons, and if I was a bishop, I should know. <laughs> I'd be calling all of us you in. No. So, oh, and I'm not advocating that. So please know that, Pastor Darrell. I'm not advocating that. <laughs> um, so one of our ministries is... Um, there's a ministerial association in town, which there's 10 pastors that belong to the ministerial association. And they meet about once a month. And this year, praise the Lord, they started a community benevolence. That means these churches go in. Right now, there's four of them involved. They put their money together, and we are one of them. We put the money together, and when a call comes in for help from the community or anywhere, last month, I offered... I, I answered maybe about 20 calls, and some of them come in from other churches, some of them come in for the community, and we, I respond to those calls, and we go out, and we meet these needs. A lot of it is putting gas in people's car, paying a bill, uh, and we meet and pray with everybody. We just don't, and we don't give them cash. We, um, if they need gas, we give them gas. If they need food, we go buy them food. And we pray with them. The important thing is, is we pray with them and we let them know it's because of Jesus Christ that this need is being met. So that's one of our ministries, praise the Lord, that you are involved in. It's called the Community Benevolence. And then uh, the sec, oh, and then there's another one, yeah. And, that's an, and this is our church. So your money also supports our church. And what that means is you pay for the pastor's salary, you pay for church insurance, you pay for ministries, utilities, maintenance, and all that comes to about $10,000 a month. It's hard to believe, but it does. 
it comes to about $10,000 a month. To run this church, $10,000 a month to run the church. Yes, well, and all those things. It's to run the church. So um, last year, we went, we were dipping into the savings, 500, it averaged out about $500 a month. But like maybe one month you would get more, and then, you know, like in the next month, I mean, we didn't take it out every month, but it averaged out. If you average out the 12 months, that meant we were having to dip into our savings. And I just said, praise Jesus, because of good stewardship and keeping our church out of debt, we have the savings. And when we do major work, praise God, we've done some major work. Um, we're getting ready to put up a whole new railing out front. It's going to be about $6,000. We have the money. Thank you, Jesus. When we needed new lights and stuff, we're talking of a few thousand dollars, we have the money. Okay, so that's, that's where we're at. And, um, and another thing, praise the Lord, is this church is paid for. If we had to make a mortgage payment, I mean, I, we would not be making it. I'm just telling you right now. If we had a mortgage payment, we would not be making it. We would have to be doing something else. But praise God because of... Because of your counsel, because of previous pastors, because of keeping on board of being debt-free, we own our building. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Okay. Um, now, uh, the next picture is the Family Promise. This church, as you know, we are involved, we've been involved with Family Promise for three years. And we have, we have served over 100 families. And I came across a lady just the other day. She was in the Family Promise program. Her and her husband have a job. Um, they have their own place. She needed a little help with gas because of a new job. And so I saw her. And uh, she was so thankful. And her comment to me is, I'm going to get a check, my first check in a couple weeks, and I, I want to pay you back. And I just said, you know what? Don't pay us back. Put it into the fund so that we can help other people. She was so excited that she could do that. And folks, this is a, this is a ministry you're part of. We have been family promise for three years. You want to show the next one? It's with family promise. These are little cuties that we had down there. And um, some of you know Kay. Kay is 94 years old. She's the one who makes these banners. Well, her and I have started making quilts, and we give them to each of the kids coming into Family Promise. And these, these two are playing, it's their magic carpet. So they put them, and it's their magic carpet. And they always ask, the first thing they ask me is, do we get to keep these forever? And I go, oh, yes, they're yours forever. It's yours. You go take it wherever you go. And on every blanket, there's a cross. And we tell them how much Jesus loves them and cares for them. Okay, the next one. The Shiloh Gathering Place. This is a new ministry in town. That's uh, right down on the 101, next to kind of down the street from Hall's Stationery. And um, this is open for people to walk in off the street. Um, homeless people go in there. They, they, they give them a free, um, they can have a free lunch. 
And they also, uh, how they earn their money too is they serve lunch to anybody. So sometimes I'll, I'll meet somebody and I'll have lunch in there. So if you ever want to go in there and try to have lunch, that helps support them. That's how they uh, are sustainable to keep this ministry. So they've been around, and this is our church contributes to this because we feel it's a local missions. We're helping people in our community. And if you see people like on the corner and stuff, you can send them there. You see, and if, you know, need food, need to eat. In fact, I have cards. See me and I'll give you a card. You can give these people a card and say, here, go have a meal. You know, so th this is another thing that we are doing as this church. Um, next picture. These are our missionaries, James and uh, Mary Scott. They will be here, praise the Lord, the end of the month, getting to share. They are in Morocco. Their ministry is to the, the Muslim uh, people, and, and uh, these, they're such a wonderful couple. We've been, uh, they've been our missionaries for about three or years or more, and they'll be coming the end of the month, and your money helps support them over there. So you're not only, your money's not only ministering here, it's ministering way over there. And, um, and I'm very proud of you guys because I know that our church is a big supporter of them. You know, we, we give generously to them. And so I just want to thank you for that. So um, that's all the places that our local church is involved with. And like I said earlier, this, this message is just to inform you. That's what this is. It's to, to let you know where, where um, your contribution is going. I forgot about that, Susie Q. Thank you. And every month they take up a rice principle, not for the rices, but we take it up for, um, to send Bibles, tracts, yeah, and to other parts of the country and stuff. <clears throat> so in closing, I would like to, um, I'd like to uh, read what Billy Graham said. The matter of giving is between you and God, and he always takes into account our circumstances. He knows when they are beyond our power to direct or control. The important thing is, is that we see giving as a privilege, not a burden. It should not be out of a sense of duty, but rather out of a sense of love for God and a desire to see his kingdom advanced. And, um, and that's really what it is. It's, it, to me, it is a privilege. It's a privilege to bring my first fruits before my father and to say, thank you, Lord, use this for your kingdom. Because, you know, really what reaches people, it's not, it's not going up to them with the track and says, you better come to know Jesus. It's better like, hey, how can I help you? You know, if somebody's hungry, they're, they're not going to just stand there and let you preach them about Jesus. You've got to feed them. You know, I mean, that's what Jesus was telling us. So, um, but like Billy Graham says, it's between you and God. That's who it's really between. That you're giving and how much you give, that's between you and God. So that's what, um, that, I just wanted you to know again, giving is a heart issue. And, 
and I come against any condemnation, but I, w I pray you would ponder the things that I've shared today, and, um, and I want to quote one more last person. This is a Christian brother that some of you know, Larry Daly. <laughs> and he said to me, this is something he would say, what is going to be your part in keeping our church doors open? And I thought, that's something to leave pondering with. What's going to be our part? Because we're all going to have a part. Um, so Larry's going to close this in prayer, and we'll, have, um, we'll, be open, we'll be open for questions. And then after that, we'll have a, another song, Trust in Jesus again, maybe. That'd be good. And you know what? I'm letting you guys out early. You know? So, um, Larry, would you lead us in prayer, please?